Yes. Making a reveal. Making a reveal. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Rank and Review. I'm your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons. This episode, we are looking at sharks. Me and my very dear friend, Charlene Roach, are going to look at six movies that feature shark-eating people. <laughs> or sharks-eating people. Or people running from sharks. It's just generally terrifying. Sharks is a very personal subject to me. I've always been fascinated and horrified by sharks, so I've been looking forward to this episode. As usual, I want to warn everybody that there will be spoilers for the six movies discussed, and very possibly naughty language. Um, I'd like to ask you guys to check us out on Facebook if you haven't already and like the page. And thank you again so much for listening to Rank and Review. Alright, we're rolling. Um, I would very much like to welcome my dear, dear friend, Charlene Roach, to uh, this episode of Rank and Review. Hello. I have been very much looking forward to. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to be talking about sharks today. Yeah. Uh, which is a very common, very <laughs> rational fear <laughs> in most people, <laughs> uh, but that uh, Charlene and I sort of uh, share to a rather substantial degree absolutely many uh viewings of shark week, <laughs> shark week over the years many yeah searching out of shark films and documentaries to watch to terrify ourselves yes. many nightmares <laughs> i remember being a child and having dreams of waking up in my mattresses floating oh. in the middle of the ocean and getting so slowly more and more saturated with water yeah i didn't even see sharks in the dream i just but you knew you knew they were there. I used to have ones with, um, for some reason, the bathroom, like when you have to go to the bathroom at night, <laughs> except I have to walk planks to the toilet, and like <laughs> sharks on either side have totally had those dreams where the mouth opens up, and then you wake up, <laughs> Lovely. which is great, because I actually wouldn't want to wake up after, so... I like that we live in like the most landlocked location you practically Absolutely. can on the globe, yeah. and yet we are fascinated and horrified with sharks. <laughs> it's true, though. I will go walking and, you know forest and not worry about bears yep you know not think too much about you know mountain lions or anything yeah like yeah that. big cats doesn't bother yeah. me particularly yeah. but if i put my toe in the ocean i'm always thinking about sharks the thoughts right there yeah yeah and it extends to um <clears throat> any body of water lakes swimming pools i have to have a moment where i talk to myself and go no you're being silly yeah. this is ridiculous it's fine yeah. I don't like swimming in swimming pools by myself. No, nope. I don't particularly enjoy it, and that is care of James Bond yeah. and the um, doors that opened up underwater and had Absolutely. sharks come out. Yeah. No, there has Just to be random. other people in the pool, then I'm safe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They'll never get me. It'll get them first. That's much better. Um, it's, it's a fear that as irrational as we may have it, I think, is a fairly... Uh, common one because nobody likes the idea of being eaten like yeah. no one likes the idea of being something's dinner and in the ocean you, you know the current can kill you the water itself can kill you yeah let alone yeah. this thing that's you know the size of a bus with the, <laughs> the teeth yeah and many other fish and creatures in the ocean can kill you too before you even get to sharks but yeah there is absolutely something fearsome about 
um, a set of jaws. I mean, it's not like that animal has anything else to work with. <laughs> they don't have limbs. They don't have anything else to, you know. So it's, they're going to come at you with that. <laughs> they say that sharks get a bad rap in movies. Could have had what? That sharks get a bad rap in movies, that they mm. get portrayed very negatively yeah. as monsters. And that definitely makes them scarier. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know. I mean, of course you're going to use these things. You're going to exploit these creatures for scares. There's like... Well, that's just going to happen. Yeah. I realize that millions of sharks are killed in fishing nets and, and, and butchered for their, their fins. Um, and it is and sad I realize and it is that wrong. that sucks, yeah. but yeah. I'm still not comfortable swimming in the ocean. And that is probably <laughs> yeah. because I saw Jaws at too young an age. Yep. And it Absolutely. is probably because of Shark Week. As much as that's uh, edutainment, uh, it's a horror show for me. It's almost like Halloween week for me. It's like, it is. It is. It's an absolute horror show. And I mean, they you're right. I mean, they do provide. And I find as Shark Week has gone on that it started out more educational. And, and these days it really is about, you know, nine out of ten times they want to scare you. Or, you know, the, you know, the best thing you can find is real shark attack footage. Well, and it you spills know, like over that's... into other networks. Just coincidentally yeah. their program all of a sudden becomes more shark oriented. Yeah. You get really bizarre stuff. But... Yeah. So clearly a lot of people share the same fascination slash, um, you know. Well, happily, we're not going to be reviewing any of these sci-fi network shark movies, <laughs> such as uh, Mega Shark versus uh, Hella Octopus yeah. or whatever. Sharknado. Two-headed shark attack, Sharknado. We're yeah. not going there this week. Yeah. Um, the movies we're going to look at is we have Shark Knight from the director of Final Destination. <laughs> shark Knight, um, which is a bunch of sharks in a saltwater lake. Yes. Um, so that should be interesting. We have an Australian film called The Reef, mm-hmm. one of two that claim to be based on a true story Yeah. about uh, a group of shipwreck survivors forced to make some terrible decisions. Yes. Yeah. We have the um, Halle Berry and Olivier Martinez. Mm-hmm. Olivier? Olivier? Olivier. Olivier Martinez. Yep. Two very beautiful people <laughs> uh, swimming with sharks in dark tide. Yeah. We have our other, based on a true story, and maybe in quotation marks here, but uh, Open Water. Mm-hmm. I've often thought of that movie as sort of the filmed equivalent of my worst nightmare. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Another Australian film uh, called Bait, maybe taking a slightly less serious look at sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. And what Just shark list bit. would be complete without Steven Spielberg's classic Jaws? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I don't know. A must. I, I've got a good feeling about this episode in that, well, we're both sort of shark enthusiasts slash, you know, terrified, uh, phobic, mm-hmm. um, but but I think there's a chance of us going six for six this this episode. Yeah, I don't know. we'll I have just to feel see. It. I don't know. I might, it's only happened once before so far, but I don't know. I don't want to put too much on. pressure on <laughs> We shall see. <laughs> but, uh, you ready to get started? Absolutely. Somebody do something. He's insane. This is a lake. This is all water lake. I don't know how the hell they got in here. Maybe someone put them there. Okay. 
Sharknight 3D, although I must confess I never did get to see this movie in 3D. Mm -hmm. I only saw it on 2D. (laughs) Were we really missing out? I don't know. I don't know. There's some of the shots might have been, got a bigger laugh response Mm. in in the 3D. You can see the moments that are built for 3D, Um, for sure. But this is a a fairly straightforward, appallingly simple in a lot of ways, actually, A bunch of college-age kids go out for a fun vacation yeah. on an island in the midst of a saltwater lake. Yeah, in the Louisiana Gulf. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, uh-oh, someone's putting sharks in the water. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't work out well for them. No. Uh, significant members of the cast include uh, Sarah Paxton, who actually... Uh, is a Jerry Award-winning actress for her very <laughs> difficult work in the remake of Last House on the Left. I believe she's also like a Disney like teen tweener when she was younger. I think she was in like the Aquamarine movies and stuff. Yeah, like she this. has been working since she was a kid. I know that much. Um, <clears throat> but she also seems to like horror movies. She does a really good mm-hmm. job in uh, this Thai West movie, The Innkeepers, sort of playing a dorky ghost hunter. Oh, really? And uh, she seems to like horror movies. She seems to be doing a lot of them. And she's found herself caught into this Shark Knight movie. Well, she definitely fits that um, typical blonde ingenue lead sort of uh, mold. Um, Saskatchewan's own Dustin Milligan. Jeez, I didn't know cast. that. That is correct. He is our... <laughs> He is our handsome lead. Oh, wow. Who is the romantically pursuing Sarah Paxton. Yes. Um, of, of who else of it knows? Joel David Moore, okay. who is in Hatchet and also Avatar, mm. the obscure James Cameron science fiction picture Avatar. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm trying to remember the name of the actor who played the police. Donald Logue. Mm. Donald Logue. He plays the police officer. Red. Yeah, the sh- Red. The, yeah, the sheriff. <laughs> So, yeah, what did you think of Shark Knight, Charlene? <laughs> Shark Knight, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of, and it's because in general when it comes to shark movies, I you know, if I really want to be terrified, then I need to get it as closely to what that experience would actually be in real life. And I mean, here we're working with CGI sharks right so right away um you know that's fun you can make them look more ferocious they can do more things you know i definitely see why people sharks are difficult to work with Absolutely. <laughs> in real life so i definitely see why people use cgi but it, it takes me out of the moment because I, immediately i know that i'm looking at something that's that's fake right um the cgi is up and down in this movie i i do think we see worse cgi in these six movies than is in shark night <laughs> but the sharks are monsters definitely in this movie yeah. i mean um i guess it's hard for me not to think of them as monsters anyway because i'm yeah. so terrified of being eaten by one of them <laughs> but i do recognize that they are animals and they do yeah. not live just to eat people and once they get a taste of human blood they won't you know sacrifice their own bodies to get more of it you know Uh, this is a conceit purely of the movie but uh, because of my soft spot for shark movies I can see myself revisiting Shark Night again again. (laughs) really (laughs) as a guilty pleasure in the same way I can watch like Deep Blue Sea, which didn't mm-hmm. make this list, but is another shark movie, which mm-hmm. you cannot look yourself in the mirror afterwards and say that was a good movie. You just can't. But it's you so say, fun. You could say it was entertaining. You can say a lot of things about uh, it. Samuel Jackson. Yeah, so but good. But yeah. It's sort of like, 
you know, maybe I'm not proud of myself for it, but at the end of the day, yeah, I kind of got a guilty pleasure response out of Shark Night. That said, I recognize that it is completely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, as long as you can make So I'm going to drop that caveat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you do have to have your brain set on stupid, but I think yeah. if you do, yeah. you can probably spend the worst 90 minutes of your life. <laughs> Well, one of the things I really liked about the movie was out of the six we have here, and really out of lots of shark movies, um, this one had the most variety of sharks. So you see hammerheads, which are, you know, you see a lot in shark documentaries, but not necessarily in movies. Um, Cookie cutter shark, I mean, you have to really be um, a shark person to even have heard of the cookie cutter shark, right? Um, What are the other ones in here? Sand sand tiger sharks, or those are known as ragged tooth sometimes. Um, tiger sharks, of course, great whites, uh, bull sharks. Mako? I can't even remember. I that. feel like there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that there was a mako in there. A as rich well. variety yeah. of sharks. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I, I really have to give them kudos for that. For, and they are open. for not just going for the great white and just making it a, a lake full of great whites. The script on a script level, they're open about appealing to the shark week, you know, cast yeah. or the vans. Yeah. One of the villains actually talks about. Um, basically, the, the, we find out that the people who are putting the sharks in the lake are actually attaching cameras to the shark to get shark attack footage because they imagine this being a really good uh, thing to sell to Shark Week. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it's a pretty ex- stupid premise when you say it out loud, right? Yeah, because when does Shark Week like producers start to get like suspicious when they bring them their second and third shark attack videos? You but know? still, the footage is amazing. <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's all about the footage. Yeah. This one has a lot of payoffs in terms of, like, if you're really watching the movie for shark attacks, this one has about eight and about seven deaths. So there's, in that 90 minutes, they're really packing in a lot of um, shark attacks. And, I mean, if you're watching a shark film, that's what what you're there for largely, right? Is to... Um, And uh, the situation, you know, I guess, I don't, I can't think of anything loudly stupid that the kids do. Mm. It's not one of those things where, you know, let's split up so they don't get us so bad, you know. (laughs) Um, I I get them, you know, trusting the sheriff, and I get them, you know, splitting up the way that they do because of the seriousness of the injury one of them has suffered, you know. Yeah. It's not just, they're not completely idiotic, which also I think helps. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, it's circumstantial. And a lot of it is stemmed from trying to help their friend get to the hospital yeah. and, and be treated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, David R. Ellis is the director. He recently passed away. Yeah. We were talking about this. Yes. He did a couple of the Final Fantasy movies and he did uh, Snakes on a Motherfucking Plane. <laughs> you um, know, I haven't seen any of those. You haven't seen any? Well, of course, yes. Charlene's not a particularly uh, big horror movie fan. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say I am fascinated by them. You like but I can't. <laughs> yes, that's right. Like I can't actually watch them. They kind of scare the shit out of me. But um, I'm so. But I hear a lots of people talking about them, and I want to know what's, you know, what happened, like paranormal activity and that sort of thing. And so I do. I go online. I go to Wikipedia, and I read. <laughs> 
of plot summaries. And that's an so episode. I know it is. Sometimes it is. Yeah. And then sometimes if I'm feeling particularly brave, I might go to YouTube and watch a few clips here and there until I can't take it. And then that's about <laughs> The idea of the movie will scare you. That's awesome. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> and yet I, yes. I got you to watch six shark movies. So you did. Very... Well, I mean, everyone has their exceptions to the rules. And, and you know, shark movies are definitely one of them. So... <laughs> Sooner or later, I'll come up with another six. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling I'll be back. Yes. This is, yeah, David Arellis, going back to the director, this is yeah. his last film. And I think, in a way, it's almost a hybrid shark slash slasher movie. Because, mm-hmm. like you say, the body count is very rich. And the mm-hmm. cast is what you would typically find in a slasher movie. Yeah. Instead of them being stalked in their sorority at some panty party. You know, <laughs> they're in their swimsuits and there's sharks jumping out of the water yeah, that's and right. eating them. He just but, wanted to go wakeboarding. Come <laughs> exactly. on. Yeah. Um, and the movie doesn't make any bones about it. Um, I think that they tried to tame it down a little bit to achieve a softer rating, but the movie is pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know that every movie is required to have nudity, but it seemed like that movie wanted to have nudity so much they might as well have just done it, you know? That's so true, yeah. (laughs) But maybe that's just my male perspective speaking here. No, no, it goes hand in hand. I mean, if you're talking about that classic slasher um, flicks with the group of young college-age friends and, you know... What do we bet. need? Drugs, sex, yeah. you know. And I'm willing to bet there's a draft of this script circulating somewhere. There was some skinny dipping involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but oh, then yeah. they thought, no, oh, no, no. We're going to put this in 3D and we're going to bring the teenagers out for this one. That's right. Yeah. So, so no nudity. We'll just keep it at the bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to say about Shark Night? Not particularly. It wasn't one of the strongest ones for me. Um, but again, kudos again to them for using a wide variety of sharks and, and having a lot of attacks. It was, yeah, good fun. Yeah, I will just reiterate that like I had some fun with this movie. It's a guilty pleasure. Your mm-hmm. brain will not thank you for it. You <laughs> might have to go read something afterwards as an apology <laughs> an to your brain. <laughs> But uh, I don't think it, 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 it outright sucks. You know, it's a guilty pleasure. Oh, absolutely. There's worse out there. What? Something's following us. Daisy, you're freaking me out. That's a shot. How it be? Take some deep breaths with me. Fucking Australia, right? <laughs> Fucking Australia. <laughs> Especially when it comes to sharks. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> we're going to look at the first of two movies from Australia now. This is The Reef. Um, 
It is written, produced, and directed by Andrew Traki. T-R-A-U-C-K-I. Trauki? Trauki. Mm. Anyway, um, I think it's a pretty uh, suspenseful piece of work. <laughs> it's inspired by true events. Um, yeah. Chuck is going to share some of the details of which <laughs> to you in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely takes a lot of liberties. Uh, Charlene, what did you think of the reef? I really enjoyed slash was terrified <laughs> yes. of the reef. It is, uh, it's your worst nightmare and, and, and very plausible, right? You're out at sea, something happens to the boat, it capsizes, uh, you know, and then what do you do next, right? Do you stay with the boat or do you swim? And there are, you know, <laughs> more than one group of people who have had to make those, that decision in their lives. And, yeah. I hope I'm never part of that <laughs> of that group, yeah. And so this movie does a really good job of, um, I thought, first-person shark attacks. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of times you're pulled back and you're seeing it as a third person, but these shark attacks really felt like you were the one who was being attacked. You're in the water. Yeah, so consequently, there is not a lot of... Um, you don't see a lot of the shark necessarily. It's glimpses here and there, but that's what it would be. It's a lot of water and air and things being kicked up. And But that's what I imagine in my nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> what it would actually be. Real shark footage about yeah. 99.9% of the time. Yeah. I'm sure they augmented it to make it look bigger than it was and to make it look closer to them than it was. Yeah. But that's real shark footage, and yeah. that makes it terrifying. Real great white shark footage. And the yeah. premise is very plausible. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they are delivering a small yacht uh, from, to, from one point to another in, mm-hmm. in Australia and doing a little bit of sightseeing, and the boat flips over and is drifting out to the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And if the movie didn't already have the hook for me of people are getting eaten by sharks, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think that the real hook, like you say, is that sort of survival choice that comes down to, do you make the decision to stay with the boat that's likely going to sink and that is slowly drifting further out to sea, or do you swim over the reef to where you believe there are some islands, Mm -hmm. hopefully? Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, that whole quandary is a really difficult one. And I know with my phobia, I would be attempt- probably tempted to stay out with the boat for as long as possible, which would yeah. probably be the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I think I would have a hard time leaving the only thing that looks like safety yeah. for a, a what if on the horizon that I can't that I can't even see, that I'm just hoping is there. Yeah. Yes, and knowing what's in the water <laughs> and how long you have to be in there, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the movie really works and I think there is a lot of really great suspense to it right Mm -hmm. away. Like the second that boat flips, I feel like the sharks are coming for them, but this isn't that, you know, the shark doesn't show up right away. And when it does show up, it doesn't start attacking right away. No. They are sort of stalked. Which is, um, again, closer to sort of natural shark behavior, yeah. right? That they go, they check it out, they circle you, there's some curiosity, there's some, there is some stalking or checking you out before they're going to go in for an attack, right? Yeah. And then they psych you out a couple times with that tuna fish early in the movie. Yes. If you remember that, that made me jump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I jump at all of it. <laughs> uh, 
So could you share with the rest of the kids a little bit of the actual story? I know we just talked about it. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, so this this um, movie is uh, loosely based on a true event that happened in, in 1983 to three people who were in their 20s, and they were on a, um, a prawn trawler uh, boat um, when they had some trouble and ended up in the water. And um, so it was a tiger shark in that case that was stalking them. And uh, one of the one of the guys yelled out, "The bastard has my leg," and then told his two friends to swim away as he tried to lure the shark away from from the other man and woman. So one of one of the guys took one for the team. As best he could. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was already bitten, I guess. So he figured. But I, <laughs> I have to applaud him for even having. Um, access to his brain to make some sort of decision <laughs> in, a, in a moment of crazed screaming is yes. very impressive to me <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then to have the yeah the, the wherewithal that to to try and get the shark away so of course he perished and then <clears throat> and it was just down to this gentleman um, mr boundy and um, a gal and the gal was bitten and she was um you know, taken away and died, and it was him left. And this was five hours before he was rescued, and they were in that uh, water for 36 hours. Um, and he was attacked as well, but he was able to fend off the shark and swim for a reef um, while he waited for a rescue. Hmm? You'd think it would be full by that point, too. I know. Greedy. <laughs> These damn sharks. Um, so but as Shark Week shows you, would, they yeah. will gorge themselves, like when they have those big whales. That they gorge themselves That's on, they'll true. keep they going and going and going. Yeah. Full of those takes. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it, basically they change it. There's four people in this story, yeah. and uh, it's a great white. Yeah. So the size of the adversary is much more. I mean, I wouldn't want to tangle with a tiger shark either, no. frankly. But uh, no, no. But there's something particularly terrifying about the great white shark, um, and I mean, obviously, Jaws helped with that. Um, but I think in general, there is just something about that beast that makes it one of the most terrifying sharks. Even though if you look on a lot of the shark lists, they'll say the bull shark is number one yeah. in terms of like attacks it's and actual danger to humans. Yeah, yeah it's, it's number one and the great white's number two. Fresh water and uh, yeah, it's, it's just generally a grumpy, grumpy critter to begin with. Yeah, it is. Some sort of sort of sounds it like is. a shark patcher. <laughs> Just a grumpy guy swimming around where he shouldn't, but don't fuck with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the great white, I mean, it's just an image of... Going back to the uh, crux of the decision as to, to stay with the boat or swim away, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of sort of the classic survival scenarios we've encountered. There's a really uh, great movie called Touching the Void about mountain climbers. Yes, that's fantastic Where there's movie. the decision of whether or not to cut the rope. Um you know, the decision whether to, if you're lost in the wilderness, to stay and wait for rescue or to try and move couldn't be the difference between life and death. Yeah. But you have to make that decision. You do. Um, and again, you don't know which one is right because in different stories, there's different results, right? As scary and as well done as those shark attacks are, though, I really do think it's that that I keep going back to. When I think of the reef, that's the moment that I think of. It's the moment when they set out on the journey. Yeah. And he saws in half this flimsy-looking, like, <laughs> foam life preserver mm-hmm. so that everybody can have a little peace. <laughs> and then they start swimming towards what looks like nothing. Yeah. Like, um, it's a horrible situation to be in, and, like... On a premise level, this movie is very strong. 
the acting is very strong as well. And mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to events like you're talking about in real life, um, we ex we see it coming with that first guy because he does the stupid thing and swims away from the group. Yeah. And is reaching yeah. to grab this float when the shark gets him. But yes, his leg is gone, and he tells them to to, <laughs> to move on. He does because uh, he's not going to be able to swim the rest of the way. Clearly. Um, it's well realized. So even even though you see his death coming, it's still you feel it. You know. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I I would not want to be in that situation, and I do feel like I might have been the dude who stayed on the boat and was never seen or heard from. Again. <laughs> I know. Again, it would be. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if I could, like, if I could see the island. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Then maybe because I, I or knew if I there was. For a fact that there was an island there and it wasn't mm -hmm. guesswork because there was a little bit of guesswork mm -hmm. in, in their decision. Well, and they're supposed to be between them and the island is 12 miles of reef. Yeah. Of swimming, of currents, of, you know, and Not so. Not to mention all the other things on the reef that they could cut themselves on or poison them or, yeah. or jellyfish or whatever. Yeah. But if a shark is swimming on the reef, it's yeah. there looking for food. Yeah. That's what it's doing. Right? Yeah, it's so true. And, and I think that the tension in the, the movie is built too because they keep finding these little areas where they can get out of the water for a moment, right. you know, on top of a reef or an island that only fits two of them and yeah. <laughs> or something like this. But there's these momentary... Um, Breaks. Re yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they get to feel a moment of safety before they... Have to press on. Yeah. Because if you stay in one place for too long, yeah. The tide changes. And what's the current. point of doing all that swimming for you yeah. just to stay on it? Yeah, and you're right. The tide's going to change too. So yeah. stay if you want, but circumstances are going to change regardless. You'll be back in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary stuff, and I really, really hope I'm never faced with that sort of decision. Oh, um, absolutely. I think that once we do get to the end, we do have some sort of slow motion sharks coming out of the water, climbing on the rocks. Fairly familiar ground for the shark venture, but mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. it completely works. And by that time we get to that point, I'm invested with the characters. So um, that part of my brain that tells me I've seen this before shuts up and I enjoy the ride. Yeah. Thumbs up on the reef. Yeah, thumbs up for the reef. My father once told me to be careful of the things you love most in the world. Because if you're not careful, that very thing can also destroy you. The bank calls. They're going to take your boat. I have a job offer. A lot of money. What can I do for you? I'm willing to offer you 100,000 euros to put me in the water with a great white shark outside the cage. I've spent 10 years. It's taken me that long to be able to get outside of the cage. You're going to show us how it's done. Take his offer. Like, is that easy? Why are you freaking out? Because you told him he could do something that I wasn't even sure I could do. Swimming with sharks, for me, that is the ultimate. It's putting your courage on the line, right? Let's do it. So, uh, I've been going on a crazy <laughs> Halle Berry kick lately. <laughs> I recently saw The Call. I recently saw this Cloud Atlas movie. And then just mm -hmm. the other night, you and I rewatched, well, for me, rewatched for you, I guess it was your first. It was, yeah, first, first kick time. at it. Uh, Dark <laughs> Tide, starring Halle Berry and Olivier Martinez. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, we sort of jokingly referred to this as the Shark Whisperer movie. 
Yes. Because uh, Halle Berry plays this uh, woman who does free dives with great white sharks. Mm-hmm. Which, as we've learned by, from Shark Week, there are uh, people who do that. One yeah. crazy fellow in particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they use a lot of the lingo that we saw from, from that actual scientist in the movie. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess I never really fully believed that Halle Berry was swimming <laughs> with the great white <laughs> shark. <laughs> um, no. It's, it's uh, set in Cape Town, South Africa, which is near and dear to my heart because I've actually been there. Yes. Um, and actually been on a boat actually, looking at great white sharks. That is oh, true. my God. Just little ones, but they were good enough. You know, still, two actual great still. white sharks. So take it. <laughs> Yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I kept my lunch, too. Not everybody on the boat kept their lunch. There was a lot of people getting sick because of the up and down. Yeah, well done. Um, you woo. have some sea legs to <laughs> Yes. Um, so <clears throat> the movie is beautiful. It is populated by beautiful people, and it is shot in a beautiful yep. place. Yeah. Um, and the director is known for that, right? Yeah, for yeah. for shooting underwater. He and loves underwater. Yeah, yeah John Stockwell, I want to say. Before. Yep. That is right. Yep. Um, yeah, we recently, Kevin Stiller and I recently reviewed one of his movies called Turistas. Um, mm-hmm. I think that of all his movies spends the, the least time underwater. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, Him trying to break above the surface. Uh-huh. I personally found quite a lot of familiarity to the basic story structure of a bad event happens, a person's hopes are crushed, a series of circumstances forces this person to confront their old fears, mm-hmm. and they end up triumphant. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's almost like every sports movie ever made or something like this, but <laughs> in a shark context. Yeah. But yeah. to my mind, it was a bit of cool shark stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of blah, 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 yeah. and then a little cool shark stuff, yeah. and then credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is, it's what true. They were really it? relying on like Olivier and Halle Berry, I think, to be to carry the movie in between. Yeah. And, they don't. They just no. They don't. <laughs> they didn't. It's um, the best part are the shark attacks, which yes, like you said, bookend, <laughs> you know, the film, and um, and just to talk about the shark attacks for a second, they use a lot of uh, actual great shark white shark footage, footage which Thank again you. is always a plus yeah. in my books, Check. and um, yeah, and then with his um, forte being an underwater. Um, photography or filming it is beautiful um they have a small amount of cgi when it comes down to the actual attack but you can see that they made it as small as possible to make it as realistic as possible and i did absolutely jump yeah yeah they didn't fool me but they tried and i appreciate it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was a good kick at it and i thought it was uh it, it was an interesting type of shark attack right at the beginning um in the sense that um, a lot of movies will go for maybe the out of nowhere yeah. um, shark attack, or they come and it's it's final. This shark comes in, checks things out, circles are you know what I mean. It's kind of there are stages yeah. to to this attack before it goes in for the the final kill. And um, yeah, that was good. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, and again, I won't speak for both of us, but I had a real hard time feeling sympathetic for Halle Berry's character. I mean, she did a lot of free dives with great white sharks, and she'd been Mm -hmm. doing it for a couple of years, and nothing had gone wrong. But then, guess what? Something went wrong, and someone got killed. Well, if you didn't know that that was on the menu when you're swimming with the shark, I mean, And her reaction to it seems to be be shitty to everybody who loves her. 
Yeah. Just to, she spends a lot of this movie yelling at her crew and just sort of being generally difficult. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe that she's dealing with it. And everybody else puts up with it because they love Halle Berry so much. Except they don't, they don't tell us why we should love her. Exactly. Um, it, you know, it's because she's beautiful, I guess. Pretty yeah. people shouldn't be so sad. <laughs> You know? Oh no, not the beautiful people. It's true though. It's yeah. a it's a good point. Or somehow that um, that love that everyone else has for her is supposed to spill over onto us or something, and it, it doesn't. Don't push stubbly Frenchman away because he's dreamy, and you know he he loves you, Hallie. <laughs> and just continually through the movie, the choices she makes seem wrong for the character yeah and um i'm not gonna say that i don't think halle berry is a good actress because i've seen her do really good work oh yeah i've been watching halle berry movies a lot lately for whatever reason (laughs) um but i don't think she's that great in this movie no in fact i would actually push it to say she's a little bit indulgent in this movie Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's because she her you know her boyfriend was along for the ride or what but there's a lot of stuff especially when she's talking to her crew that honestly felt like it was improved. Yeah. And uh, that and cyclical. Like, they kept having different versions of the same conversation. Yeah. And so, why is that of any more interest to me? Oh, it's so natural and pithy and funny. Yeah. And uh, she's being over rude to them, but it's sort of in a playful, silly way. But mm-hmm. uh, um, mm-hmm. it feels like it's padding the movie. I feel like the script only had about 62 minutes in it, and they had to stretch it to 90. Yeah. And uh, as a result, there's a lot of fat on the movie. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, The premise of it really bothers me as well, because the whole premise is that, you know, a year after this this shark attack, that um, she's being encouraged to get back in the water and free swim, and not only her, but to bring two inexperienced people with her, which is uh, a billionaire and his really sensitive son. And so... (laughs) <laughs> that's ridiculous you're you know to, to even think of the reality of being a shark whisperer to get in the water with great whites to swim with them um, <laughs> there's so much work there to be done to think that um, putting a couple of dollar bills on the table will do the work for you we just want to do um, it and money's no option and yeah. uh, the fact that she and Olivier are willing to do it sort of tells me you know they're willing to risk people's lives for money. Well, which yeah. Kind of, it takes legitimacy <clears throat> away from them. Mm-hmm. And even though this billionaire character who's just portrayed as an impossible prick, like there's mm-hmm. no point in the movie where he's anything but a dick. No. Even yeah, when he apologizes, he's a dick. Like you, yeah. you don't almost believe it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no <laughs> shade to him, right? Yeah. He's just all one color. Yeah. Um, but, but still, at the end of the day, you know, when when getting antagonized, she risks everybody's life to take him to where the biggest, most dangerous sharks would be. Yes. And encourages him to get in the water, yells at him when he doesn't yes. get in the water. You know, <laughs> there's no consistency to her character, and that doesn't no. seem like survivor guilt or anything to me. That's just irrational. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and And I don't understand how that exists in the same story where, you know, the person who was attacked was... Um, someone who had worked with her very closely, who knew these sharks, who'd been in that environment, you know, um, who'd really invested their time, who'd done it properly, the people who really do this. Yeah. It's an incredibly serious venture. And she throws it all out the window because she's mad, because someone pushed her buttons a little bit? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, going towards the end of the movie, and if this is the hero's journey, at the end, you know, two more people have been killed. Mm-hmm. Pretty much directly because of her. 
Yeah. So when the light comes up in the morning and it looks like they're going to be rescued and it cuts to her swimming with the sharks again, having conquered her feeler, that makes no sense to me. No. And it's like a year ago, I got somebody killed. But then a year later, I got two people killed and I got over my fear and swam with Now I again. feel better. What? Oh, thank God for those experiences. Let's back up a bit. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, no. <laughs> it's so true. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, no, the only redeeming parts of this movie for me are the quality of the shark attacks, the quality of the, the footage, you know, the filming, and other than that. There is a sloppiness to it, and it doesn't just go to the Halle Berry stuff. Uh, I talked about it while we watched it, and I'm sorry if I was being a naggy Nelly while we were watching the movie, but The Last Dive, which goes disastrously wrong, there's no sense of time to it at all. Right. Halle Berry is free diving, so presumably she has to surface for air, even if she's one of the best free divers in the world. Every, say, six to ten minutes, she's got to pop her head out of the water. Yeah. The boat flips over. A, well, first of all, a squall kicks up that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's blowing like huge waves. Mm-hmm. Then the boat flips over mm-hmm. and then night falls. And then all of a sudden. And Halle Berry surfaces and like, what happened? <laughs> all these major, yeah, you know, as things happening and she's as, just cluing in. As yeah. dumb as some of the stuff in Shark Night is, there's nothing as dumb as that. That's true. In Shark Night. And That's this true. movie takes itself very seriously. Yeah, so. it does. And there was, I was reading about, I think there was $25 million spent on this movie. They wanted it to do well. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that her and Olivier, their, you know, their um, pay had to be quite high as well. So, I mean, yeah, they were looking to do a high quality yeah. shark film and they just... Not today. No. Not today. Missed the boat. Um, if you're hardcore into shark movies, this is another one. And it doesn't over-rely on CG. No. But uh, if you were to check it out, I would say after the first 10 minutes, skip the next hour and then watch the last 20. Yeah. Make it a nice, tidy half hour. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Dark Tide or have we been suitably mean to this? Oh, <laughs> I think we covered it. All right. I'm sorry, Hallie. We're still friends. It's true. Other people go on vacations and spend their days just laying around. We have a story we're going to be telling for the rest of our lives. As we are stuck in the middle of the ocean. Oh God. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. This can't be happening. Oh my God. Susan! Susan! So as we're recording this, Charlene, uh, it's it's January in Saskatchewan. It is freezing, freezing it is. cold out here. Um, 
But one of the reasons I don't live in a tropical paradise is for the, the, the story that is being depicted in open water. <laughs> I've been told by numerous people who have gone snorkeling that it is beautiful, mm-hmm. that they would live there if they could, that it is a life-changing experience, mm-hmm. and I'm happy for them. <laughs> But I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just not a sea dude. Open Water. Um, this film is directed by Chris Kentis. He and his wife, Laura Lau, uh, sort of produce and direct fairly low-budget movies. They've only done two so far, but I've, I, I kind of like both of them. Mm-hmm. They did this, and they did a remake of a film called Silent House. Mm, no, I didn't see that one. Um, I think this is much the stronger of the two, but mm-hmm. it also preys upon, you know, my, my worst nightmares, which is, you know, the idea of being stranded in the middle of the open ocean. Yeah, we talked about the reef, right? And making that terrible decision about getting off the boat. Yeah. There is no boat here. No. You are in it. This decision's been made for you. Yeah. You're in the water. Um, it's a cruel fate kind of movie. They're uh, doing mm-hmm. a scuba diving exploration and mm-hmm. just having a great time. Beautiful, crystal clear waters, sort mm-hmm. of tropical paradise. Mm-hmm. And we are shown very clearly by just a, a fairly innocent misunderstanding on the boat how the count got screwed up. Mm-hmm. And everybody on board believed everybody was back out of the water. And they drive away, and this married couple surface. Heads pop out of the water, feeling great and happy and ready to get back on the boat. And the boat's not there. Yeah. And we stay with them for the next three days. Yeah. That's yeah. open water. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that it's a real nail-biter. I remember seeing it in the theaters. It was in August, mm-hmm. and it was ridiculously hot. But I came out of that theater feeling chilled. <laughs> like cold it really really unnerved me which means i think that it's an effective horror movie yeah well there's a lot of anticipation built up tension built up between you know oh yeah and i don't think enough good things can be said about blanchard ryan and daniel travis the two Mm -hmm. leads of this movie basically their 99 percent of the screen time is dedicated to these two absolutely and it was shot on the open ocean on weekends for almost two years it's crazy, hey? Up to and including being in the water yeah. with actual sharks. Yeah. They said they'd look down sometimes and it's not blue, it's just gray. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally unnerving. And I think another interesting thing is that Blanchard is terrified of sharks. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, we sit here talking about this and I don't know how she got in the water for two and a half years. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is she kept making her co-star go first, so she didn't, you know, so I guess if something happened, he had to take it. <laughs> well, let's play what if, you know, I, I, like, the idea of getting paid to act is appealing to me. Sure. I mean, granted, it's unlikely where I live that that sort of thing happens, but if, if, if by some craziness I was offered a part, a role in a movie, they were doing a, a big budget film version of the Indianapolis tragedy. And I would, you know, get a featured role Mm -hmm. as a person in the water, surviving those several days in the water with sharks. Even if it was in a controlled environment in a tank, my raw nerves of it would like, am I actually able to do this? Yeah. And if I was being asked to float out in the open ocean, I mean, I'm sure the boat obviously was right there for them at all times, but to be in the ocean every weekend for as long as it takes to make the movie, basically... um, if either of the actors quit at a certain point, the whole movie gets unplugged, right? Yeah. So they saw yeah. it through to the end. And working in open water is pre- unpredictable. 
Weather you don't know what's going to swim up, what's going to happen, what's going to... Yeah. And the boat's close-ish. I mean, it, it needs to maintain some sort of distance if you don't want it in the shot. Yeah. Or you don't want the shadow of the boat, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Kudos to them. I'm not sure I could do it either. The camera is always just above or just below the water level. Hmm. You're right in the water with them. Yeah. So you sort of feel So it's like you're the third person floating yeah. along with yeah. them, okay? It's, uh, I, I felt short of breath. I felt like a tightness in my body while I was watching the movie. Uh, I completely empathized with them. Um, and they are a bit of a bickering couple. And in any mm-hmm. other movie, this is the sort of horrible misadventure that they have to suffer through to bring each other closer together. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is not that type of movie. <laughs> It is based... No, I mean, they do. They say people can experience amazing um, bonding when they're in difficult situations. Lifelong bonding, because they went through that together. Well, not so much lifelong. Assuming you survive it. Yeah. Assuming you survive it. (laughs) There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. This one, um, like the reef, yeah, it is. It's incredibly realistic in terms of that you can be there. Um, the shark attacks are probably uh, more along the lines of what you would actually experience. You know, we've, <clears throat> over the years, have watched and read many shark attack accounts. Mm-hmm. And um, some people say they feel like it was something pulling on their leg. <laughs> they didn't really know that their leg was being bit off. Um, they come out of nowhere. They come multiple times. It, I think that's it. They're unpredictable. And so that adds to this because you don't know what's going to happen next and you don't know the severity to what's going to happen next and uh and then you imagine yourself there and it's terrifying and again it's the survival situation only it's a survival situation where the choices are taken from you yeah like they're they're at the mercy of the current swimming or floating it doesn't matter like they're gonna go where the ocean is stirring them to go you know Mm Uh, a boat may come across them, but much more likely is that they won't. Uh, this movie is based on a true story in that there were two yeah. divers who got miscounted off of a boat, and mm-hmm. though they sent out several search teams. For three days. They Yeah, they were missing. They didn't uh, figure it out till two days after, right. and then they searched for them for the following three days. And those people were never found, and so, I mean, we don't know, but... I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility that they were attacked by sharks. I mean, lots of the stories of people who are shipwrecked, that's exactly what happens. Sharks come around at some point. Sooner or later, they come to check out these new smells. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think um, this one's terrifying as well because when they have these small shark attacks along the way and they're trying to convince the other person it's going to be okay we're going to be okay it's going to be all right and it's not yeah. it's not and it's, it's just so heartbreaking to watch these people try and lift their spirits in a situation that it's you know hopeless. Is, yeah and yeah. it goes on for days there's a sequence yeah. that happens at night <clears throat> which is just so terrifying because we can't really see anything like there's some lightning flashes and a little bit of blips and we hear them sort of crying and holding on to each other and splashing mm-hmm. and, and like the helplessness of that. Like it's, it really does touch a primal nerve. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, as it, this is not a particularly graphic movie as far mm-hmm. as its violence, but mm-hmm. it's probably maybe the most quote unquote disturbing movie of the yeah. group. Mm-hmm. Um, we're free to talk spoilers in the podcast, so I'm going to go to it. Yeah. Uh, we basically see the, the, the typical 
scenario where it gets right down to the edge and they're right about to give up, that's when, you know, the helicopter shows up or the boat typically comes yeah. to pull them out of the water. Yeah. And in this case, we don't have that. Uh, we have the lead character taking control of the only decision that she has left, which is how she's, she's gonna, going to die. Yeah. Ugh. It's so bleak. <laughs> like, it's so bleak. Brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And it kind of reminds me, too, of um, uh, those movies like Paranormal Activity or... or um, it feels found Blair footage, Witch or, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of found footage. But also that um, the terror that you experience from that movie is created largely in your head. Yeah. It's not that they're actually giving you a lot of gore or blood or things to react to. It's the situation itself is just just stirs up your imagination. A couple of, well, one old horror movie trick that uh, I've sort of noticed that this movie uses, and uh, another, more famously used in Carrie, where very early in the movie you're sort of surprised by a, a moment of fairly shocking graphic nudity. Mm-hmm. In, in Carrie, it's a slow pan through a locker room right. full of teenage girls changing after gym class. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, it's not sexual particularly, but it's slow motion graphic, steamy shower. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, uh, we see the blanket pulled off uh, Blanchett, and uh, she is stark naked under the blanket. And the context seems weird. Like, why are we seeing that? Mm-hmm. But it's this horror movie trick of establishing early in the movie, before anything's happened, is there's nothing we're not going to show you. Right. Right. So once, you, whether or not you're conscious of it, your brain is sort of set to that. They're, they're not going to spare me any image. They're not going to like, but yeah. they actually do. They could be a lot more graphic. In that way, That's they true. sort of set you up to expect the worst and your anticipation of it. You fill in the blanks in that dark night. You fill in the blanks yeah. what's going on under the surface of the water. Yeah. And it's worse than anything they could have possibly caught on film. Absolutely. And happily, both of these actors survived. Unhappily, I haven't seen either of them do any... I don't remember seeing them in no. anything about subsequent to this. And uh, no. they're both really good and clearly very committed actors. So, yeah. Yeah, to uh, dedicate two and a half years of their their <laughs> lives, their weekends to this. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was kind of a, a minor, quote-unquote, Blair Witch project in that the amount of money it took to make the movie mm-hmm. as opposed to the amount of money it ended up making. Yeah, I think it was about $150,000 to make. Yeah. And has made... Uh, yeah, a lot more than that. millions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did very well. It's a short movie. It's something like eighty minutes or something like that. Uh, helpful CD case, DVD case here. Eighty-one minutes long. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking it was two hours <laughs> when I saw it in the theater. Because <laughs> uh, it just yeah yeah sign harrowing. of a good movie right. Like, it is scary. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for like the sort of fun popcorn roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. uh, you go back to Jaws. That's right. This, this is movie not it. brings the scares, man. <laughs> it absolutely does. Is there anything else you want to say about it? Yeah, I just wanted to bring up one of the fun facts about this movie when bring I did it. some research on it. And Susan and Daniel, those are the main characters, of course. Their last names are revealed on their ID cards. Hers is Watkins, his is Kintner. In Jaws, the skinny dipping girl who serves as the shark's first victim is named Chrissy Watkins. And the second victim, the young boy who is killed on his inflatable raft, is named Alex Kintner. So nice sight of, yeah, nice sort of tip of the hat to uh, Jaws there. So that's, I enjoyed finding that. And it is true, if you are making a shark movie, make no mistakes, you are following in the footsteps of Jaws. 
you will be compared to it, to whether you like it or not. To pretend otherwise is to waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll talk about Jaws in just a little bit. What happened? Where are all the people? Hello! Can't get out that way! Oh my god. What's that? Where is he, Josh? Get everyone out of the water. Out of the water, now! Please help me! Help me! There's a 12-foot great white shark in here. Oh, shit! Help us! You better keep still, okay? The more you scream, the more the shark's gonna come. Why does it keep circling? It's curious. It's not sure what we are. Hold on! Baby, swim! I can make it! I can make it! Alright, so we have a change of location now, but uh, we're going to continue with the reviews with another Australian feature called Bait. Um, it has a fairly high, fairly ridiculous concept. <laughs> <laughs> It is about a tsunami hitting the coast of Australia, in particular striking a grocery store, which is in the middle of a robbery, thus filling the store with water and with great white sharks. At least three, I think we have figured out, were in there. Three great white sharks. This is almost three disaster movies in one, almost. <laughs> it is as ridiculous as it sounds. Tries <laughs> to be, yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> and uh, it doesn't really hide the fact that it's fairly outlandish, but I still mm. found myself asking fairly hard questions of a fairly simple movie. <laughs> um, I mean, it had sharks in it. <clears throat> it had sharks in it, so I was there and I was mm -hmm. entertained. But uh, mm -hmm. again, similar to Shark Night, uh, I felt this is maybe going to have to be on the column of guilty pleasure. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you land on bait? <clears throat> yeah, it was... Um... Again, I don't tend, I didn't enjoy it as much as open water or or the reef, but um, it's fun. I mean, I think you know what you're getting into when you when you look at the cover, when you read the back. I mean, you know that this is going to be a little bit of a ridiculous shark movie, and yeah. you're there for the bad one-liners and for the uh, CGI as much money as they could put into. <laughs> That's that right. side of things and the and the ridiculous situations that they find themselves in. I mean, you know that, I think, when you start watching it. So if you're expecting more from it, in a way, yeah, it was it was never going to be that. Um, I mean, we were just talking that there are some, some fun shark attacks yeah. in there, um, as it should have, right? I mean, that's part of what's promising to deliver, that there's going to be some fun moments. And, and they do come jump. through with that. But yeah. I think you have to know what you're getting into when you step into this movie. Yeah. Now, as ridiculous as it is, I mean, they do play it fairly seriously, mm -hmm. but it's clearly a B-movie. Um, and I would argue, actually, the first shark attack that we see in the movie, the sort of establishing shark attack, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is bad enough that I, I imagine most people would have probably quit the movie. <laughs> The right CG there. right off the bat is yeah. not very strong. I do yeah. find that it gets better as the film goes along, mm -hmm. but I've never really lost. I've, you know, this is computer sharks. Yes. And if that's yeah. going to bother you, it's really going to bother you in yeah. this movie. It's yeah. not quite to the low level of like the sci-fi productions where they, they seem like 
barely trying. Right. <laughs> but uh, right. they're trying in this. But because it was, you know, originally going to be in 3D and because some of the, I think, scares that they're setting up are just on their face implausible. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to accept that you might as well be watching a cartoon. <laughs> It's true. Even the cover kind of looks like a cartoon. It does. In a way, almost like, why not? With the animation to the level that it is nowadays, I don't know why they don't make more animated movies aimed at adults. Because uh, as far as your budget of your movie, I mean, an animated movie is an animated movie. Whether you're drawing goldfish or vast landscapes, in theory, it's going to cost you the same thing. It's true. It's true. And certainly hasn't Comedy Network and Adult Swim and and such proven that there's, you know, there's a market for it. There's people who will seek that out. Certainly this movie is full of enough archetypes that they could be, you know, exaggerated cartoon characters. We have this uh, fairly unpleasant couple trapped in the underground parkade, this uh, sort of rich hoity-toity Paris Hilton-ish girl with her little yappy dog. So vapid. And the sort of jock, dumb-as-shit boyfriend who, Mm -hmm. you know, wants some sex from her, but that's about it. And more concerned with saving her dog than realizing the danger of the situation or fully appreciating it, yeah. Definitely seems to go an awful long time not being phased by the severity of their situation. Mm -hmm. And like I say, there are types. There uh, are several characters that uh, I would refer to as the Coopers (laughs) in this that are just counterproductive. Yeah. The, The one bank robber who sort of... Uh, hidden amongst the survivors continues to be an evil shit despite of the situation you know Mm -hmm. Uh, the Mm -hmm. cheap sort of conniving store manager continues to be the cheap conniving store manager despite how crazy the situation is (laughs) straits couldn't be more dire yeah (laughs) and yet yeah they can't break from type um and there's some sort of just blandly heroic people too um the one actor I recognized from Nip, Nip Tuck. Yeah, that was kind of a surprise for me in this one because he just doesn't seem to fit in. And I, in the sense that, I yeah, I go, why does he go to his agent and say, this is the movie? This is the next one I after I want to do after. Because well, Nip Tuck was a very successful series, it right? It was. Uh, and he is an Australian actor. I think maybe true, he wanted so maybe to make a some... movie at home. And know? fair enough, like... Um, I mean, and but that's exactly what I mean. That there had to be some connection to this above and beyond the, the script. script. Just wowed him. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I have to play this part. Yeah, absolutely. No one has ever played a criminal who got forced into something <laughs> over his head and has to redeem himself. That's was, never happened. In I movies. can play this like no one has played it before. Yeah. Now I don't know own. a lot about tsunamis. So um, I'm going to have to claim ignorance on this. I do mm-hmm. understand the principle that it, uh, it basically forces a bunch of water up onto the land and there are aftershocks, much like with the tidal waves. So you will right. get hit repeatedly with... Right. Or earthquakes have several, aftershocks. Yeah, yeah. Several waves <clears throat> will continue to come for mm-hmm. a time afterwards. And that's what everyone seems to be fearing. What I don't understand is how the main floor of the grocery store is like flooded over most people's head. They're standing on the aisles jumping from aisle to aisle to avoid the great white shark. Mm-hmm. And yet in the floor below them, the parking lot, it's only partially flooded as well. I don't, I'm not an engineering person, I don't, and I, I don't understand the layout necessarily, but to me it seems like if the grocery store is going to be that flooded that 
the floor directly below it would have to be completely submerged. Are you saying there's a hole? I'm thinking that maybe this, that, that, that there is. Could the parking not been next door instead of right beneath them? I'm not really sure. That's very true. Like, why did you even have to place it there in the first place? Um, if you knew that it, they were both going to be partially flooded structures. Yeah. I just, I didn't quite understand it. And maybe that they're buildings that are made on the coastline or have some sort of design to try and keep the water out of them. Yeah. Maybe there is something. And I, like I say, don't know about it. But yeah. it was something I found myself wondering in between shark attacks. <laughs> Gave you time to think about the plausibility of it to begin with. No, it's very true. Uh, and on with like the sort of bland archetypes. Um, there's there's of course uh, a broken love story here. Right. At the very beginning of the movie, uh, a very unconvincing shark attack claims the brother of our female lead, and uh, it sort of breaks the relationship that she had. And mm -hmm. we've caught up a year later, and she's got a new boyfriend, who is like I said, blandly good as well. And we have a fairly dramatic sequence where this new boyfriend sacrifices himself for the good of the group. And you can feel the movie really trying to make a really big moment out of this. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty easy one for me as far as people gasping for air and trying, you know, to get his face above water. It's sort of like a horrible concept. Oh, um, yeah. But it did sort of seem an odd scene out in the midst of this movie. And... Mm -hmm. uh, that character just seemed like he had to die in order for the story to go <laughs> full circle so that these couple can be reunited. It's like they wanted everything in this movie. Hey? Yeah, Redemption and yeah. chaos. And, there might yeah. have been a few too many storylines to go. Like we were joking yeah. before, they should have thrown in a psychic at the end. Like, <laughs> just to round it out because yeah. you've come this far, right? Yeah. Uh, the movie is dumb, and the movie knows yeah. it's dumb, but while yeah. it's dumb, it plays itself straight. So uh, this is sort of the quintessential B-movie, and as it ages, yeah. I think that those special effects are going to look worse and worse, and that may add... Or Don't they always? <laughs> yeah. That may add or detract from the charm <laughs> as time goes on. Um, yeah. But it's hard to get really passionate when like, having a discussion about fate. I mean, if you want to see a, another shark attack movie, this is definitely one of them. <laughs> and that's just it. I mean, I'm, ha I'm, I'm struggling a bit only because I watched it so long ago to remember the specifics of the film. Right. But that's what comes to mind. Oh, the shark movie. Yeah. Uh, like it all kind of glazes over and it's all in the same sort of area. And I, you know. There is a sense of been there, done that to it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I really, in its own way, it's uh, as good a, a shark attack movie as a lot of others. I mean, there's many in worse. In this category? There's many worse. Yeah, absolutely. And if you were to compare this with, you know, because that's just it. I mean, these are all shark movies. Yeah. But they're very different in their approach. And um, there, you know, there's some different, definite B film category type ones tied up, I think, with some yeah. higher quality ones. So should we put this against purely other B films? I think it would probably be on the stronger side of it. Yeah. So, But I could not be as scared in this movie as I was in, like you say, The Reef yeah. or Open Water. Because yeah. uh, it, yeah. the, it was... It was silly. <laughs> yeah, like I still jump at the end because, yeah. I mean, the point of most of these shark attacks is that, it, you know, to come out of nowhere or to be really big and over the top and, and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, again, it it still did that for me. And when I say it's silly, I mean, that's totally fine. Be a silly movie. Just know that yeah. you're a silly movie and, yeah. and, and we will be, we'll meet on the same terms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't try and be something you're not. Anything else you want to say about Pete? 
Oh, I do. One one thing we discussed earlier that I thought was quite funny, fun fact about bait. Fun fact. Um, the, uh, the Paris Hilton type gal um, has a, a chihuahua named Bully, and they used three different chihuahuas for the movie. Wow. One for swimming, one for barking, and one for running. <laughs> so, of course, uh, we had a good laugh about how you need three separate dogs <laughs> to achieve those very important shots in the film. Yeah, they're obviously taking the dog's performance very seriously. Indeed. But I still think that the movie's about sharks, and there was not one shark on set, clearly. <laughs> 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 You're going to have three chihuahuas. Have at least one shark, it, damn it. It's true. Um, and uh, here's a little spoiler for bait, too. There's a, little, there's a scene where we believe, we're led to believe that the dog has been eaten. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to be happy when we find out it's not. I don't know. In this case, even though I know it's a cliche, the dog always dies in horror movies. Mm-hmm. I say give the shark a snack. <laughs> Just a little something. <laughs> Good enough? Yeah. with, of course, the granddaddy of all shark movies, Jaws. Um, dun, 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 dun. Re- directed by this fellow named Steven Spielberg, who I think is going to go on to do good things. I have a good feeling about I this I do too. Guy. I do, yeah. Um, the tricky thing about doing a review of Jaws is like, <clears throat> what can you possibly say new about it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is an incredibly famous movie, and uh, mm-hmm. it's one of those, like, Almost everybody who's even a little bit into movies will eventually get around to seeing Jaws. It's just going to happen. And with good cause. Yeah. Spoilers for the rank and review check. <laughs> Jaws is number one with a bullet on my list of shark movies. High five. High five. Right there. Yes. yes. Um, That's so, the first match. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> I'm putting my cards right on the table. I do consider Jaws to be something of a masterpiece. Yes. I do think it's, I consider it a monster movie in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, if you substitute the shark with the monster. Mm-hmm. But it's also an adventure story. It's also sort of, you know, it's mainly about Chief Brody sort of coming to terms with his fear <laughs> and uh, doing battle with for somebody who's scared of the ocean and water would yeah. be their ultimate enemy a giant great white shark mm-hmm. uh, of course the story is just just to get it out mm-hmm. Chief Brody moves his family to a small island community of Amity to get away from the big shitty and all of the crime and the horrible stuff that he had to deal with on a day to day basis and he figures working in the small coastal town is going to be all probably boring for him but better for his family But shortly after he arrives, it's his first summer as he is being reminded again and again, people start going missing on the beach. And it becomes very clear that they have a shark problem. Mm -hmm. He uh, teams up with uh, Richard Dreyfuss, who's a professional uh, scientist studying sharks. And eventually Mm -hmm. they hook up with Robert Shaw, a, uh, a 
an ex-military fellow who has a very personal grudge against them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie's very split. The first half's sort of like an investigation, almost uh, half character study of Brody, half sort of procedural of the investigation in the community. Mm-hmm. And then about the halfway point, it becomes a hero's journey, a quest. Yeah. The three men get on a boat, and they set out to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Charlene, what did you think of Jaws? <laughs> That's a big question. Uh, <clears throat> well, I think that, um, I mean, since we've already said it, it's number one. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's for many reasons for me. I mean, that's the first shark movie that I saw. It is <laughs> the reason why I have an irrational fear of them, you know. And, uh, and it still holds up, um, even though, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about actual shark footage and how effective that is. Right. And really, if you're going for the legitimate scares, that's what you should be using. CGI is more B-movie-ish, or at least that's what I see when I when I look at it. And here you have a mechanical prop shark. I of mean, course, there was no CGI when this was made. Yeah, so absolutely. No, no, no. Yeah. They didn't have that option. They did incorporate a small amount of actual shark footage. Absolutely. So they did have that available. They did use it. But I'm just saying in terms of... Um, you know, when it came out, it was very effective. It was in 1975, right? Yeah. But we're here. We are reviewing it. You know, over 30 years later. Absolutely. <laughs> and and it's and the shark doesn't stand up to these days. I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't. We can say that. But um, it still stands up in lots of other ways, and I think that's because um, you know Spielberg. He has very strong storytelling yeah. skills, and um, you still root for these people yeah. all these years later to you know, to make it through to not be eaten by the shark that seems to have some sort of vendetta for them, yeah. right? It, <clears throat> there you were talking about the shark being mechanical, and it's a very storied thing, that the, the shark wouldn't work. And yeah. That, and that yeah. it sort of forced Spielberg into a, a, a Hitchcockian corner mm-hmm. where he had to not show the shark as much as they'd originally planned. Mm-hmm. And as a result, made a much scarier movie. Yes. But I yeah. don't think I'm going to 100% jump on the bandwagon that that mechanical shark sucks. I would say that there's two shots in the movie where, yeah, it doesn't look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I heard this argument. I wish I could remember who said it. Um, somewhere on the internet, I heard someone <laughs> defending the effects in Jaws saying, yeah. tell me of a shark movie that does it better. Right. And uh, even with some of the really good CG that we've seen, like they are getting better at it. Mm-hmm. I'm never fooled by CG. The, there is something about it being yeah. concrete and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that this movie still has some of the best shark attacks ever. There's a scene where a gentleman is trying to swim to his capsized boat, and we see the shark just gliding under the water, just under the surface of the water, and, mm-hmm. and nipping him. And that is utterly horrifying. Yeah. The, of course, completely you know, famous opening sequence where the woman goes skinny dipping, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't see the shark at all. No. Horrifying. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because your imagination does all yeah. the work. And what's going on under the surface. Interesting to note, too. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm told in the new transfer that you can get in high definition in Blu-ray, it's uh, all of a sudden a fairly <laughs> fairly graphic scene as far as the nudity. Uh, she was, of course, naked when they shot the scene, but it was sort of silhouetted in the earlier prints. Yeah. And in these cleaned-up versions, uh, this... 
this movie starts with the... Uh, some full frontal ladies. <laughs> it's really interesting too because I think I read an article saying that you know she was a stunt woman, yeah, and that was partially because of the ropes they had tied to her underneath to to simulate the shark attack. Um, but there was also something about her being okay being nude, right. and so yeah, maybe they always intended down the road <laughs> that this is gonna you know be a little bit more revealing. Well, it's funny because uh, we were talking about the nudity at the beginning of Open Water and Carrie yeah. has established that. I don't think this was meant to be like nudity. I think they were actually, believe it or not, trying to sustain a PG rating to this movie. Mm-hmm. Although I, I would not show this movie to kids. No. <laughs> at all. That was exactly the wrong thing that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing it too young. Well, the movie came out actually a, a year before I did, before I was born. Yeah. And um, I remember watching it at a very young age in small town Alberta and mm-hmm. being horrified walking home. Of what? Mm-hmm. I don't know that a shark was going to fall out of the sky or jump <laughs> out of a lawn and eat me, but it affected me. And I think the yeah. reason it affected me is that that might be the first time I ever saw a kid get killed in a movie. And not just a kid, but a little boy. And not yeah. just a little boy, but a little boy my age. Yeah. That's disturbing. Like, they, they'll often have the kid in peril where it looks like something bad's going to happen to him. And then they get saved. And they get saved. Yeah. Not so with the Kintner boy. No. Not so at all. And he goes in quite a brutal fashion. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a lot of thrashing, a lot of blood, a lot of screaming of people coming out of the water. It's, yeah, it's not like um, he's swimming and quietly goes under and never comes up again. Yeah. You know, it's, Yeah. Uh, of course, a big part of the success of Jaws 2, I think, is the very simple and sinister John Williams score mm-hmm. and the underwater POV shots, which, I'm, of course, we've seen a million times now, but I yeah. think was less familiar yeah. uh, when Jaws was out. Sort of looking at, from the bottom up at all these bathers' legs in the water, the sort of little forest. How vulnerable you yeah, are. and, and it's, it's and like a forest of legs. Exactly, like choice pickings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pick your favorite mm. and have a nibble, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Incredible stuff. And, of course, the the cast. Yeah. I think that the three leads, Roy Scheider, uh, probably his most famous role, was a really great actor. Yes. Uh, Robert Shaw, in spite of being drunk off his ass, <laughs> Still? gives an amazing performance. Yeah. Call it method if you must, but <laughs> it's an amazing I was going to say the drunk works for him in this character, yeah. And I think that this role from Richard Dreyfus is sort of what sort of established Richard Dreyfus as the likable fun mm-hmm. guy character. Mm-hmm. You kind of get the feeling like Richard Dreyfus in real life is maybe a lot more serious than the Richard Dreyfus you see in movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, this sort of super fun character that actually does bring a good energy to the movie. It's, he's a very welcome presence when he shows up because everybody's so serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy sort of shows up clearly the odd man out on this island. Mm-hmm. He's five foot nothing and smarter by by a yard than anybody around him and knowing it, right? It's true. And it's really funny because he's very eager to get in there. He's very knowledgeable. He's willing to put himself in dangerous positions. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, in watching the movie again, I'm I'm... You know, he gets grossed out when he's examining the remains of Chrissy. You know, he has a hard time looking at what's left of her. And when he opens the gut of the tiger shark, when they think they've caught the shark that's responsible, and he opens the gut to to, um, um, uh, 
see that there's any body parts in there to make sure they do have the right shark. And he's totally <laughs> grossed out by the whole thing. So I love that there's that. I love the shark you know, juxtaposition. Um, not just because like uh, both of the guys have to get drunk to do the <laughs> to do the deed and get <laughs> open the shark. Yeah. But because they're both preparing themselves. I think they kind of know this isn't the shark, yeah. but they both have to prepare themselves for the fact that they could cut this shark open and pull pieces of a little boy yeah. out of it. Yeah. And yeah. it's not see it's not shown anything really. I mean, we see what he's pulling out of the stomach as it's coming out, but mm-hmm. we don't, you know, it's not as graphic as it could be. Yeah. A lot of this movie is restraint, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kintner Boy attack, like, to describe it, it's really brutal, but we see some bubbles, we see some red in the water, we see a fin sort of flap over in the surf. Yeah. But uh, we put we fill in all the blanks ourselves. You don't see the jaws. Um. Yeah. Well, and in talking about that, where the line was, I was watching um, some of the deleted scenes from the film, and you mentioned um, uh, the fisherman trying to get to his capsized boat. Correct. And um, also in the water, who's been knocked out of the boat, is Chief Brody's son, Michael. Yeah. Right? So Michael's also in the water. And so they had done a scene where um, the shark grabs the man and pushes him towards Michael. And he picks up Michael and and carries him in the water for some time. And throws him to safety or something like that. Well, the scene didn't show him actually throwing him to safety, although that would make sense. Yeah. But um, it just showed him kind of the shark finally taking him under the water and sort of finishing him off. And yeah. Michael, you know, already being traumatized is further traumatized yeah. <laughs> by taking this this ride. But they decided that, that that was too far. And in watching the scene, there is no blood. There's no, you know, it... Yeah. But I think that idea of that child being in that situation was just... I do think it was righteously cut in a lot of ways. I mm-hmm. think that, I mean, maybe they're trying to explain the kid's trauma a little bit more. Mm. But I think if you had front row seats seeing somebody get eaten by a great Ugh. white shark, like a few feet in front of you while Ugh. you yourself were in the water... Yeah, no, I believe that kid being catatonic. Absolutely. They didn't need to bump it up that other notch. No. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, it is. I've seen some of that footage on the, on the special features, and it is kind of interesting that they did go there. And yeah. it, that didn't seem to be in the possession of a PG movie at all, either. But yeah. neither does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think one of my <clears throat> very favorite scenes in this movie, and consequently one of my very favorite scenes in movies is the scene uh, on Robert Shaw's boat where they have the conversation. It starts out about being co- comparing scars and mm-hmm. very macho. And they're finally starting to connect. They finally because, are getting along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's been some tension and friction there. Yeah. They compare scars, <clears throat> they sing a little sea shanty, and we hear the story of the Indianapolis, mm-hmm. as told by uh, Robert Shaw. Apparently this was a late addition to the to the screenplay too. They kind of added this in. They wrenched it in a little bit late. Um, it's an amazing scene. Mm-hmm. It's as good as anything that that comes before it. It's almost like a little mini movie in of itself mm-hmm. because uh, you can watch that scene isolated as sort of just a masterclass in both acting and, and sort of covering a good scene like that. Um, yes, he paints a very vivid picture. And we go from being sort of exasperated and annoyed by Robert Shaw's character to going, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's why. Um, yeah. That said, he is the quote-unquote Cooper figure of the group in that he does do things that are counterproductive. Yeah. He destroys the radio, their contact to the outside mm-hmm. world. He runs the boat until the engines fail. Mm-hmm. Um, he is consistently making the wrong decision but yeah. always falling back on he's the captain and it's his boat 
There's no more conversation. It's there. very true. Yeah. Um, and the USS Indianapolis is one of the uh, worst ugh. shark stories someday, out there. Someday they're going to make a horrifying movie about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Because even um, the other horrors of the sea, um, exposure, dehydration, and then and then you come to drink the salt water, which causes you to go crazy. And yeah. like, so there were a bunch of things that happened with USS um, so I won't, uh, yeah, go too much on a tangent, but it's, uh, I mean, that's an incredible shark story. And just while we're on that topic, um, this is also loosely based on, so there is a book, um, by Peter Benchley called Jaws. And yeah. that's what this is based on. And that book is loosely based on, um, actual attacks that happened on the Jersey shore, uh, in 1916 between July 1st and July 12th. And four people were killed and one injured. Yeah. So, and again, that is a horrifying <laughs> true story that I think mm-hmm. someday will probably deserve treatment in a, in a, in a film. There were some significant yeah. changes from Benchley's book to, um, the uh, dispatchment of the shark spoilers um, <laughs> is very different uh, and a lot of people are just you know there's an air tank in the jaw in the shark's mouth and it's dragging it through the water for some reason and like what happened at this point the movie has been so awesome for so long and you've been with Brody and that boat is sinking and you want that fucking fish to blow up you it want him awesome. to smile you son of a bitch <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, absolutely so that's fine and in the in the <coughs> book you know it's a little less glorious you know Quint gets tangled up in the line and dragged into the water and drowned um, and the shark is being towed by the boat and it gets drowned in the shallows is certainly a less sexy cinematic mm-hmm. ending um, mm-hmm. Also, in the in the book, the Richard Dreyfuss character does not survive the cage. So, That's for right. a lot of people who uh, had read the book, it was a genuine surprise to see Richard Dreyfuss surface at the end, yeah. and a very welcome one because the yeah. idea of Chief Brody having to dog paddle all the way back to shore by himself was really horrifying. It's so true. Um, yeah, I I just can't say enough good things about Jaws. If you haven't seen Jaws, what are you doing with your life? It's true. If you're it's a fan really... of horror movies, even a little bit. You know, if you're a fan of movies, even a little bit, clearly Jaws needs to find its way <laughs> into your yeah your uh, movie watching schedule. Yeah. And I want to go back on it just because it's, again, um, you know, one of the reasons it's my top is the the storytelling. And one of my favorite moments is uh, Chief Brody sitting at the table after supper. His wife is in the kitchen doing dishes, what have you. His son's there. And he's, you know, he's just kind of thinking over all this stuff's happening and what is he going to do about it. And he's and, and then we notice that his son is, is copying yeah. his moves. And then he notices it, and he starts to play with his son. And there's this really lovely moment between the two of them, yeah. really connecting and really. And then um, when we we talked about it before, you know, that's yeah. the moment where you're like, "Oh God, save him!" Yeah, we love, <laughs> and his whole we family. Brody. We love Brody. <laughs> yes, we love Brody. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, I, you know, I can't think of a a similar moment like that in the other five mm-hmm. that we've reviewed that has that kind of level of heart and of course jaws being the mega blockbuster that it was it's people argue it gave birth to the summer blockbuster movie Mm -hmm. season Mm -hmm. um it did of course spawn many sequels and many not very good sequels but don't let that spoil the meal for you um jaws is absolutely fantastic that's where i end up on it yeah i concur two thumbs up Thank you.
All right, Chuck World, Charlene Roach. This is uh, <laughs> six shark movies have been reviewed, so uh, it's now your time to shine. Uh, <laughs> we're going to rank these six shark movies. Thank you so much for doing this. See, it wasn't so bad, was it? Uh, not at all. <laughs> not so at bad. all. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, please tell me, what was your least favorite of these six movies and why? You know, I had a little bit of problems with my bottom three because, you know, your personal criteria on how you rank this. But in the end, um, I went with Dark Tide. And, you know, Dark Tide has, um, uh, you know, really good... The shark attacks are really liked in it. Uh, it's really beautiful to watch a lot of the scenes and what have you. Um, but I think that you did make a very valid point. I mean, this could be a half-hour movie that you watch. Just watch the beginning, watch the end. The middle is a lot of blah 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 I'm angsty I don't know if I want to do this I don't you know kind of thing and it's and it's um so that's a major dip so that's why I decided to make Dark Tide at the end there alright uh in fifth place uh I put bait I think it's pretty clear so far in the podcast that I definitely tend towards the more realistic shark attacks in my preference and so that's why bait's towards the bottom um yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, the one after that, then, of course, is Shark Knight. And the reason why I put Shark Knight in fourth and Bait in fifth is because I gave Shark Knight kudos for the variety of sharks it used. Kudos for using a cookie-cutter shark attack. Yeah. What? <laughs> yep. Look those up on the internet. Yeah. And tell me that would not suck. As oh, oh my God, it'd be oh. terrible. It would be uh. terrible. But the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the mention of Shark Week and... You know, and all these variety of sharks and the fact that they're not really making entirely stupid moves. They are just trying to get out of it um, is why it ended up in fourth for me. Okay, so down to the top three. So in three, uh, I put open water and uh, two and three were very close for me. I think that they're they're very similar in their method of storytelling and, you know, that situation of being in the water and what do you deal with sharks. Um, And they're both... Very effective. Yeah. I recommend watching both of them. Um, I think why I put the reef in second and open water in third um, is because of the shark attacks in the reef. I found them more terrifying than the shark attacks in open water. Um, uh, And those moments when they were able to get to little islands and reefs and moments of respite and these you know, moment of safety just to be back in the water again and the dolphin and the fake the fake outs and that yeah. sort of thing. I mean, uh, is, yeah, so that's why I ended up putting that one in second is just because it was a little bit more scary. And their attacks, oh, God, they come out of nowhere <laughs> and they're swift and violent and then it's calm and silent. Yeah. And, oh, anyway. And, of course, as we said, Jaws. Jaws has to be number one. Um even all these years later with all these modern shark shark attack stories it's still superior i'm thinking that like with the forward leaps and special effects that people are going to get better and better at making convincing sharks in movies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that said i will be very surprised even if they make the indianapolis movie or if they make the movie about those jersey shore shark attacks Mm -hmm. uh I would be very surprised if I ever saw a better quote-unquote shark movie in my life than yeah. Jaws. So yeah, I agree with you. Chuck, we're so close. Ah! 
so close. My heart is breaking. Are we off by like one? We're off by one. We're off by one. Is it, okay, let me guess. Mm -hmm. Is it Shark Night and Bait? Or the Reef in Open Water? Or is it? That's actually several guesses. I know! <laughs> but I mean, if there, is it these ones reversed? Because I feel like that's where we would have been close. Um, is the reef in open water. Uh, well, two. I'll go through it, but it was the, yeah. the reef in open water. I just want to go to But yes, mm-hmm. I agree with it. Dark Tide is the least of these movies. I think you could cut a decent short film out of this feature film. But yeah, yeah I think that the performances, particularly by Halle Berry, are a little indulgent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just never imagined being as bored as I was during a shark movie yeah um so yeah dark tide not high praise beautiful scenery if you get the chance to go to cape town south africa i encourage you to do so uh yes number five is bait it's dumb as a bag of hammers and the special effects are not that convincing especially in the first few minutes you should not open out of the gate with special effects that bad because the rest of the movie is not as bad as it suggests if you like shark movies which chuck and i do um Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have a good time watching Bait, but you're going to have to apologize to your brain. And the same will be said for my next selection, which is Shark Night. But like uh, like Charlene said, it's got a much richer variety of shark. I, I like the characters. I didn't find them doing anything incredibly stupid as far as the plot goes. And uh, it, the movie moved, you know. It moved fast enough that hopefully you didn't have time to think about how dumb it was. And it's fun enough. As you know, the top three of these movies are all much more seriously toned. Mm-hmm. I put The Reef at number three. Um, uh, again, it's very similar, you're right, to Open Water in that they're both essentially survival stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the sharks maybe take more of a back seat in Open Water, but there's something about that, the way the camera's right down and then their faces in the water and that the horrifying perspective of it. I feel like Open Water felt more real to me. Mm-hmm. The Reef is clearly, a, I mean, they're both clearly movies. The Reef has moments where it feels like a movie, whereas Open Water almost feels like it's found footage, but they haven't bothered right. to explain why there's another camera there, you know? Right. It's got a weird documentary quality to it. It's it's a pretty disturbing movie. And like I said, I saw mm-hmm. it in the height of summer, and I came out of the movie theater chilled. Um, yeah. So the reef and open water would be three and two respectively, leaving Jaws to top off the bunch. And I think we've talked fairly thoroughly about Jaws. (laughs) I don't know what more I could possibly say other than it's probably one of the main reasons that I'm into horror movies as a genre. Because as much as I was horrified, genuinely horrified, like stomach ache inducing horrified by the movie, I was also fascinated by it. And uh, that opened doors to a lot of other things. Um, probably no Jaws, no no podcast. That's a big one. Just saying. That's a big one. Number one, Jaws. And you just uh, tied that up quite nicely about the sharks in general, about being fascinated and, yeah, and... Oh yes, Shark and I have by them by the same time. Yeah, we have a rich history of watching Shark Week and documentaries <laughs> of that, and I'm sure that it shall go on for many years to come. No matter how many times I'm told that sharks are misunderstood, don't call them shark attacks, call them shark accidents. Somewhere deep down in me, I believe those sharks are monsters. They want to eat me. I, I, I believe there's a big fish swimming around in the ocean somewhere that knows it's got a meal coming to it. 
and someday some innocent gesture, someone's going to push me off a dock just for a laugh. And there that and fish will be waiting. waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing my podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I had a great time. Yay. Yay. Uh, you'll be back. You betcha. You'll be back. That, ladies and gentlemen, brings to a close episode 20 of Rank and Review. And in finishing the 20th episode, uh, I have now reviewed 120 films for this podcast. Um, That's kind of a big milestone for me, and I just wanted to put a big thanks out to all the people listening. Um, If you're now wondering, how can I help Rank and Review, which I assume you are, you can do that by liking us on Facebook posting positive reviews of the podcast on your blog or on iTunes, and just spreading the word with your friends. I would also love to hear feedback from any of you people listening. Uh, you can write me at rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. This is your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons. 20 episodes, kids. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>